nobody listen to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and lap our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. All right, so this is a bonus episode. This is going to be called, this is from um, my house here. This is the Junto. So I am your host, Steve-O, and I have got a special guest with me here today. His name is Nash. Nash, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing tonight, sir? Good to see you. So what we're going to be doing today is, and this may sound like crap because we're in the same room and I'm still learning all of this stuff. So we are, um, we started a thing a couple years ago, a while ago, actually. So what was it like three, yeah, four years ago? Three, yeah, three years. So it's called the Junto. Yeah, it's because Stephen is too macho to call it a book club. Right. It is I in never, fact a book club. It's a hundred percent a book club. I just never really liked the word. I just it just reminded me of like not very old enough. women. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, you're not. It's not masculine enough. Correct. So, and I have. What was it? Is it Teddy? I don't have a lot of come from. No, it was um, Ben Franklin. That's it. So the Junto is what where we got the name is one of our books we read was the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, and when that happened or what we read in there is he had a group of guys it was basically a, a book club where there was like these prominent guys because anybody that had books back then had to be pretty wealthy you had to be pretty wealthy right so he got together created this club so they could basically trade books and they could read and they would talk about what they read and it was just like the secret club why it was secret i have no idea so when we were doing it that's when i decided to call it the junto the junto is what then later became most of those books is what became the philadelphia's first library or the United States's first library, I guess. Yep. Not library. Library. <laughs> and then we had um, the other thing was the. Uh, they say or they think that the Declaration of Independence was first read aloud there, and that those At prominent the original gentlemen, junto, huh? the junto, may have had issues because, Fun like fact, any times it went to the, uh, the newspaper, any articles that they wrote, any speeches they wrote. Anyone in there, because uh, they were all very prominent in the society there, they were usually edited by the Junto and guys in the Junto, but they were read aloud, but first there. So basically, historians have reasoned that Benjamin Franklin wrote the Declaration of Independence. Therefore, probably a good chance the first people that had heard it and that probably had may have even had some stuff to like tweak it or edit it would be the Junto. Yeah. So, so that's why we call it the Junto because that's not a way book cooler. Yeah. We're not a book club. It's a book club, but the book club's called The Junto. Yeah, I have to explain that. I'm going to meet with Steven so we can discuss the book that we read. Like, oh, so you're in a book club. No, 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 no. It's a Junto. It's called The Junto. I'm going to The Junto. And people are like, what is that? I was like, it's It's a book club. It's an Asian martial arts. You're too, you don't understand. Uh, All right. So the book we did was Excellence Wins. This was... Uh, your suggestion, who was it? Where'd you get this from? Uh, it was a guy that I, uh, was talking to at a bar probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I don't know, beginning of February. Okay. Um, and he ran a commercial 
uh, septic system company and has okay. I don't know, something like 40 square miles up in Wyoming. Like one of those guys that you sit down next to and you have no idea how much money they actually make and they start talking and you're like, oh, Oh dear. Oh yeah. You have a lot of, he's like, yeah, the, uh, the drive into my house is uh, 20 miles from the front gate. And I was like, it, excuse me. What? Yeah. So this place in Wyoming is a 20 mile oh, the, drive. Okay. In the, Wyoming. Yeah, okay. In that Wyoming. makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like around here. No, no, no. Good he does God. have land out in West Texas as well. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Just salt of the earth. Nicest mm-hmm. guy ever. Yeah. You would never know. Never know. But he said, I need to read this one. And then I think the other one he recommended was, uh, killing uncle sam or i feel like that was more to somewhat politically themed mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i haven't read that one yet though it's called killing uncle sam yeah all right maybe we go to that one next so in the past we have normally read um a lot of books towards that kind of because we were both on our own from the uh, if you need a cough just cough or just tell me and i'll try to mute you but i'll probably hit the wrong I- button Oh, a burp. Okay. Um, and you can get that microphone a little closer to your face so then you can yeah, maybe it won't pick me up as much. Okay. So we we normally read something that kind of applies to business or our businesses or being kind of in business for yourself. Business leadership, personal growth kind of books. Yeah. For the most, most part. part. Yeah. Um we did tabble in some like autobiography stuff and different things because we kind of needed a break from some of these yes. set, like leadership books and stuff because they're great, but at some point in time, yeah, you're like, okay, I get it. Be a better yeah, person. Kind of cool. Got it. Saying the same thing, yeah. just in slightly different words. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, what we normally do is we're going to get to, we get together in the past, we get together and then we uh, usually over some beer and then we have a discussion on kind of the ahas. So, normally we do 10 each. It's quite a lengthy process. This is not going to be a, uh, a short episode, um, but I don't really care because it's my podcast and nobody <laughs> listens anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, so we've got, uh, we're going to do that, but now instead of doing 10, we're going to do five, five each. So try to keep it down a little bit so we're not doing like a four-hour yeah, podcast. This is, this is a quicker read too. It is a shorter book and we're not Joe Rogan. Excuse me, I'm not Joe Rogan. No, no one gives a damn about this no. podcast, no. but me. Shik is not here because, again, he is in school. This was a really, really busy week for him. He just could not uh, read this one. He'll probably be on the next one, uh, most likely, or at least that's his goal. Uh, but he sucks, and he's a Marine. So he's still also learning how to read. And so once he figures that part out, because um, this one really didn't have any pictures. Actually, this one had more pictures than most. Did it? Yeah, it's got a couple, like, some of these. Oh, look at that. I know. I have not seen the book, so... Uh... Oh, yeah, that's right. You I did the Audible. Audible. Yeah. Okay. God, I can't do Audible at all. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, it's well, <laughs> well-timed. Uh, I can't do Audible whatsoever. I am a... You're ADD as hell. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm a textual learner. And... Although I do find myself, I, I don't know about you, do you ever, uh, like, snap in while driving and then, like, realize that you've gotten somewhere, like, 15 minutes later and have no idea how you drove that whole distance without paying attention? Every day. Yeah. Okay, so I'll do that with Audible. Where I'll just be driving, and then all of a sudden, I appear at the office, and I'm like, oh. I don't clearly remember how I got here. What just happened? Yep. <laughs> there, I've, I've lost 15 minutes of my life that yep. I will never get back again. 
so that does happen sometimes with the audible so i do find myself having to like kind of skip back and forth around but yeah it's usually a you know a, a journal or a notepad on my center console that i'm kind of jotting stuff down as i listen and drive around the metroplex so see see how that worked yeah but i heard yeah i'm sure you did it yeah. probably went through your mic it did damn it all right so uh do you want to start us off what's your uh, first aha yeah, sure um and like I said, so a lot of mine kind of bled together. Obviously, this is there's with most of these books that we read. There's kind of themes uh, that kind of carry over for the whole book. So within the the five ahas, some of them kind of bleed together and, and run together. But uh, the first one that kind of hit me was the Schwartz. So this is uh, this book was about the gentleman who started or ran with the um, oh I'm blanking on the name right now. Huh? The, the name of the hotel. Oh, um, Ritz-Carlton. The Ritz-Carlton, which is known for their customer service mm -hmm. uh, and kind of just the, the level of prestige that they, that they carry. Uh, and I loved his, early on he said, you know, he grew up in Germany and he wanted to, to be a gentleman serving ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, how he trained his employees is you are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and yeah. I liked the air that that kind of brings to the staff and kind of the esteem that comes with it. And that, you know, you're doing a job that could easily, you know, his parents said when he was growing up in Germany, like that, that was his dream is he wanted to run a hotel. And, and they were like, no, 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 that's, that's a, that's a poor person's job. You, mm -hmm. you don't do that. You're not a servant. Right. And, and that's not the way that he looked at the job was it wasn't a servant's job. I wasn't a servant. I am a gentleman assisting you as uh, while you stay at this you know fine establishment if you will right um, so i liked that i liked kind of the air that that brings to it and kind of the level of respect of respect yourself um, mm -hmm. you know you're you're not a servant you're not a you know you're not an object you are you're here to to make someone's someone else's stay a better experience right and whatever that entails how how can you best help and serve that person to have the best experience that they can. Um, which I think kind of carries over to really any profession or career that is customer service based, which is most businesses. Um, you know, wh why do you go to any restaurant or why do you go to the barber that you go to? Why do you, you know, why do you work with the people that you work with? Uh, I know generally myself, I go to the places that I feel appreciated. Oh yeah. Like I can go to any number of places to get my hair cut, but I go to Juan. He's my barber because when I sit down, he asks me how the last month has been and knows, you know, my story and talks to me about what's going on in life. And, and there's kind of that, you know, I, you work with who you like. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And trust. Yeah. And who you trust. So, cause anybody can provide a service. Yeah, no, I think that was, I agree. And I think that the, something that, I've ran into with my business is I'll have, sometimes I have people that are, you know, they're younger, they're much younger. And so I have a girl now that she is, she's 19, but she's been with me for almost two years. I believe. Okay. So she started when she was 17 is like a summer intern. Now she's 19. She has all her licenses. She's very, very intelligent. Um, won't be working me for me forever. Um, <laughs> I won't, I probably just won't even have to, I'd have to like kick her out. There's no way. Uh, she's too, too smart. Um, but when she is, 
Um, I'm, I'm seeing like my voice come on on your mic. So when the the biggest thing with her is that she gets really nervous when she talks, or what she used to, when she would talk to people who are like 40, 50 years old. Yeah. And she's telling them about insurance, and I'm like, listen, you are, um, you're a professional. Yeah, you're an authority. You're, you are licensed. I guarantee you, you know more about insurance than most of these people do. And there are going to be some that know, and you can't act like you know everything. Yeah. But you you need to take yourself seriously, and they'll take you seriously. Correct. And I, I think that resonated when he says it, I think it says it in a much fancier way, obviously, but yeah, I think that's something that to instill that in your customers, but especially in the hotel or restaurant where you, you really are, are doing it. Yeah. People. Yeah. I mean, you're doing a maid. A hundred percent. You're cleaning my room in the morning. Like you literally are a servant by definition. hundred percent. Like, yeah. But I like it, but I think that's also why you see such great talent and such a high level of service at places like the Ritz Carlton, it's because they're not a servant and they don't view themselves as a servant. Mm -hmm. So you do kind of have that, that air of you're being taken care of. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And I think that kind of comes through, which I think building the right culture in any business is, is where you see truly successful businesses take off. Right. Which comes to leadership and, and then the people. Correct. So my aha, one of my first ones was on page 40. For anyone you're that's going to follow along you're here. Gonna, you're going to quote me on this. Okay. I, gotta, I, didn't, I didn't take quotes on pages. So, so this one's on uh, page 40. So um, I did it so I didn't have to write as much down. I'm just a steel trap. Yeah. yeah a little rusty at times, but steel nonetheless all right so we've got um so the story was one of i'm just gonna read it from the thing because it's like two sentences bear with me one of our housekeepers noticed while emptying the where the wastebasket in a certain room that the guest had picked out and the nuts from the chocolate chip cookies he had gotten from the club lounge tray what did she do just ignore this information no she mentioned to the chef, that this guest apparently didn't like nuts. The next evening, when the guest returned to his room, he found waiting for him on the bedside table a tray of chocolate chip cookies without nuts. Yeah. And to me, like my side note on this was just like, what incredible teamwork. And I think to me that just kind of blows me away because not only teamwork, but the attention to detail to be paying attention. So think well, about multi-leveled. Like, yeah. So you have the maid who's coming down, but then you also have the chef who listened to the maid. Who listened to the maid. And, exactly. and didn't just say, nah, screw off. Like, oh, okay. He didn't like nuts, whatever. Right. I, I make cookies with nuts. That's what we, that's what we give out to the, the customers. They get cookies with mm-hmm. nuts. We're even just asking her like, well, how do you really know? Yeah. Do you really, are you sure? Yeah. Maybe it was just a question. Cookie. Yeah. It was just, okay. It's like, oh, okay. You know, and then just the fact that to take pride in that level of your job, which goes back to the ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen is for the maid to just even freaking pay attention. Yeah. To even and care. Not just she, blow she, through that room. Yeah. I got to get my job done. I'm moving to the next room. Yeah. I got, and fif- they do I have high 15, standards. I got 15 that I got to knock out here in the next hour. Yeah. Like, and we know. learned later in the book, they have high ass yeah. standards. Yeah. So oh, you yeah. got to, yeah, you got to do it quick or clean, but you, yeah, you're not, you're not taking all day and a half. No, yeah. hell no. So I think that was something that really kind of was really cool to me was the 
just the to build that around there and as a team where I it made me think like, all right, do we have that in my office? Do we have that in my business where no matter where position you're in, you should be able to um have a say. And you should be able to say like, man, I don't know. I, I picked up on that when that guy came in or I'm hearing this or when you did that, you yeah. said that to this person. Um, and at times, and I do have that in, in certain employees, especially my, one of my employees has been with me since day one. And there's been times where I will talk to the team and she knows I, it was taken the wrong way. I said something stupid or I said something and it just didn't come out the way I was trying to say it. For sure. Yeah. So it sounded terrible. Yeah. And then, and it's surprisingly it doesn't happen every day um shocking for you know for the people who know me that's <laughs> kind of a miracle but the i mean but there's been times where she walks in and she's like <clears throat> did you mean this when you said that did you mean this yeah I'm like no not at all it's like okay well that's how it's that's done. how it's received so you better get up you probably want to go ahead and correct that yeah I'm like oh damn it okay you're right but that also takes a great leader to not in those moments of chef for instance in this in mm -hmm. this particular case to not get defensive about it right i agree no you, like, you, like you, you you have to listen you have to have that respect there and and i think that's that culture that they built around and that's why you see this such a high level there's no questioning there it's okay mm -hmm. let's go okay yeah, she i mean if because no, yeah well, that's if that's how the chef acted or if he if he was going to get defensive or if he's not even going to believe her she's not making the call She's gonna be like, "Oh, that guy doesn't like nuts." Yeah. Oh well. Next room. Somebody should tell the truth, but the chef's an ass. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that guy. Not doing it. So I thought that was a big one. No, and I, I think uh, next one kind of piggybacks off of that again of just the the culture of any one person having the authority to. Is this do... your beer? Or my beer? Oh, that's my beer. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't have a drop for this. Chick, it's on Chick's machine. Uh, it's gonna, you gotta, you gotta get that. That's a that would be a great recording right there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna record that one. Yeah. So you talked during it, asshole. Keep that one. Um, no, it was the the two thousand dollar allowance. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I love that. So now, explain that. Explain it what it is first. Okay. So it, it's Schwartz. Basically, he, he says... You're saying shorts. It looks like shoals. Shoals? There's not shoals in there. It is shoals. I mean, I'm not German, but... Shoals. I'm actually a little bit German. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Oh, scheiße. Shoals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, basically, give, gave all of his employees a $2,000 blank check, if you will, um, of, you know, if, you, if there is a problem or a customer needs something taken care of, you have carte blanche within $2,000 to remedy that problem. And one of the examples that they used was uh, a maid was cleaning one of the rooms and saw that somebody who had been there for an extended stay, uh, their toothpaste was, was running out. And she left that day after she was done with her cleaning and went to the corner store and bought toothpaste. Didn't tell anybody, didn't do anything, just turned the receipt in, they paid her back for it. Um, but she went and replaced his toothpaste, which is just one of those, again, the cookies. Such a minor detail. But then on the inverse, if you think about that from somebody who stays there, if you walked mm -hmm. into your hotel room and you saw that your toothpaste 
that was gone that you probably had been stalling and trying to just squeeze every little bit out for the last probably couple of days is now full. How far does that go? Like, that'd be mind blowing. Are you a customer for life? I mean, that that's like this is what you paid. Like, you saw that and you and now I have a full toothpaste and you didn't bill me for it. Like, that's just there. You just did it. You yeah, just, just did, did it, it because that's the right thing. That's just what we do here. That's yeah. just who we are. Yeah. And I, so I loved that $2,000. Now I think that's balls of steel. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, 100%. you have, you have free reign to just go spend $2,000 at any point in time. Right. With, you know, little recourse. Um, but again, that's that level of customer care of ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen of, you know, you're, you're allowed to, if you, if you see a problem, solve it. Right. And I want you to. Like I, I want you as the employee to solve that problem. Don't don't come to me and tell me, hey, their toothpaste is out. Just fix it. Do it. Right. Yeah, and, and one of the things he said is more like when he made that decision, one, they thought he was crazy. Yeah. The yeah, his board members, his board members were like <laughs> not. I mean, they're like, wait, two thousand dollars? No. That'd be like, I mean, maybe five hundred bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I would like to have been sitting like how he yeah, how do you, how do you set grand. the two thousand? I think that goes back more to um, the level of clientele mm-hmm. who stay sure. at that. Yeah, you know. So I think you would almost have to because okay, a suitcase breaks or something. Well, you're talking about somebody who's staying in a thousand dollar room. Like yeah, yeah they're probably they probably don't have you know a two hundred dollar suitcase. So mm-hmm. there probably does need to be a little bit more flexibility there. The crazy one was the. Um, the person who left and went back to Hawaii but left their laptop mm-hmm. from Atlanta. Yep. And she, instead of mailing it overnight, she wanted to make sure that it got there because it was a very important PowerPoint. She flew out there and then flew back and went back to work. Oh, yeah. Give me 10 of those employees. <clears throat> like, no kidding. <laughs> so, like, that's where, that's what one of them that, like, kind of blew me away was the, where she was, like, it was the PowerPoint, right? It was like a project or something that he yeah. had a presentation. I don't, I don't know if it was a PowerPoint, but and, it was a presentation that was going to be delivered she, the next day. And, yep. Yeah, and he and left his laptop in the hotel. Had the confidence that the carrier was going to get it to him and get it there in time. So she bought a plane ticket, flew straight there, and then didn't stay there. Like literally booked the Look, next flight out. Yeah, turned her back around. Slept and, in the airport or whatever she yeah. had to do and then headed back. Yeah. Which is incredible. And then worked the next day. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that flight sucks. That's a long flight. Atlanta to Hawaii? I mean, what is that? 10 hours, 12 hours? Oh, yeah. It's got to be 12. I did it from here. It was, you had to do, because you had to connect California. Here to LA, yeah. So four or five. And so it was like, you know, another like seven, five, yeah, five, seven, six, seven, seven half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. miserable. Jeez. Yeah, flown 14 hours nonstop one time and yeah, never again. And you're made. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and you're doing this for arguably minimum wage. You clean the dude's sheets. Yeah. And he's probably not. I mean, like, I don't know about you, but it, Sometimes I treat hotel rooms kind of like I treat rental cars. Yeah. That's Road, not my, that's road not hard, cleanest. put up wet. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the cleanest. I'm not no. putting a lot of effort into no. how I leave that room. Maybe if I was paying $1,000 a night. Um, all right, so my next one was uh, on page 50 to 51. So it said, every employee in every department need to figure out who their internal customer is. I really like this a lot. Yeah. So I, that is something I've just never heard. <clears throat> when you yes. think about your internal not, customer, not something I've, I've ever heard verbalized. No. Right. Yeah. 
because it, it's something, it's definitely a dynamic that's there. And I think it's one that even from a business owner, an operator, manager, leader, whatever you want to call yourself, you, you don't think about, mm-hmm. but yeah. How many times do you just walk in and bark an order at somebody and not think about, Oh, that is actually who needs to get this done in right. that instance. They're my customer. Right. No. And, and then you get, cause then you get people that, that, attack each other all the time yeah. we have uh when in insurance world we have underwriters yeah we have you have home inspectors you have whatever for the people that don't know the real um, nash is a realtor um that's all i'm going to say unless you want to say more later yeah whatever so but that's that's where you're buying and selling in dallas fort worth give me a call hey <laughs> <laughs> uh don't do it uh so the um but no, I think that that like there's always that that person that you hate or that you you not that you hate that like they stand in your way animosity. They, yeah, they they yeah. butt heads. But in reality, you need both. You need each other. So yeah. my example is service people versus salespeople, because those are usually gener- very yeah, different I mean, personalities. For us, in it's, it's admin versus sales. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Our, yeah. Ours is always yeah. It, it's front of house, back of house. I, I think every industry yep. has that sort of you know you got your your front of the house people who are the face and the. Uh, the voice of the company, mm-hmm. which are very much necessary and required. Yep. I mean, they're the ones who are in essence paying the checks for everybody else. But at the same time, those same people are also not the ones who are looking at the details. They're not the back of the house. They're not the ones putting no, and they're in also a lot the ones of that like, really suck at that. Yeah, for sure. Usually. Yes. No, very rarely do you have those overlap. No, I can't do it. I no. hate it. Yeah. I hate I'm, I'm not. My transaction coordinator hates me. Yeah. Yeah. My, when I, yeah. Hates me. I mean, he loves me and I love him, but we butt heads all the time because it's like, oh, I need to get this to him. I need to get this to him. You know, but at the same time, oh. he's the one that makes sure that my transaction's clean, neat, and goes to compliance and gets through. And that's why we get our commission check. Like, if that doesn't exist, we don't get paid. But at the same time, if I'm not there being the front of the house doing the sailing portion, he I don't need him. Well, and I don't uh, need he him. He doesn't have a job. Yeah. yeah if, I, if I'm not creating contracts, I don't need an admin to look over the contracts. Right. But it's a, you know, both sides of that coin are very important. And I, I think that's, I, I like how they, they hit on that of, and, and what's the example from the book? One of the examples is the, uh, the cooks. So it was the chef and then his internal customer being the wait staff. It's not necessarily, I mean, everybody has the external customer of the actual person that's sitting at the table, right? The true client. The true client. But then you have your, but if the wait staff sucks, they're not doing their job right. They're not, they're putting in the wrong order, whatever. It makes the chef look bad. And then the chef, if he doesn't do his stuff, he makes the waiter look bad. Then the waiter doesn't make as much money. So in reality, the chef's internal customer was the wait staff yep. because they're the ones that are going to deliver the food. They're putting in the food and he can really screw up their income by not doing his job yep. correctly. And even though they might get, they might have some really stupid demands or they may do all this, this and that and the other. It was helping. He talked about that, you know, the managers having to help that a leader and a manager that need to help. So the employees can ask each other, in what ways can I help you serve your customer better? Well, and if any one of those links in that chain falls apart, the overall experience for the true client at the far end of that is not good. You, know, right. you, you can have a great meal, and I think that's kind of what they, they go on to talk about. You can have a great meal, but if it takes 45 minutes to get there, you're not happy with it. Are you coming? Yeah. Are you going to come back? You're going to remember that part more than you are the taste of the steak. Yeah. Or you can have a great steak, but if the person just drops it off and doesn't really care about your experience, 
I can go get a good steak at any number of places. You know, so that both of those interactions are, are critical to each other. Um, so yeah, no, I like that a lot. And so one of the things that I wrote down that I'll, I'll say really quick, I say, you know, cause he said it is a, it is the leader in the manager, the managers that need to help. I know I just said this, but I'm gonna say it again to help. So the employees can ask each other, what ways can I help you serve your customer better? So they're trying to help each other. And I think the team I have now is probably the best team I've had that does this more so than ever before, even though I've had to kind of help each other. Um, I've kind of had to, um, I've had one girl left one and she became, she left and did her own business. Everything was fine. Um, but bringing them in and you get people because again, customer service people, that personality is they like to serve and help people. They like to do things they like to do. Um, and they want to help. They want to help yeah. you get your stuff and figure it out, whatever. And they're much more patient. They're much more attention to detail. <sighs> but the thing with the problem with that is, and I've talked to them about it is what are salespeople good at? Selling. Okay. They're good at selling. They're good at, the good ones are good at getting people to do things they don't want to do or getting people to do the things that they want them to do. Yeah. So I've told my service people all the time, like, you, if a if a salesperson screws something up, the salesperson has to fix it. But if they're any good, they're going to try to get you to fix it. Yeah, because they don't want to. We're yeah. not in like that's how I was. I was yeah. like, what can I get away with? What can I? I don't want to do all this. I want to just sell. I want to yeah. do like I don't want to put figure on, it out. Put me all the people. Right. Let me get back in the game. I don't. You're you're, you're asking me to do minutia right now. Yeah, but if I I'm but not good I at can it. sweet talk you or. Yeah. Like I'll walk all over you. And that's what I told them. Like these salespeople will walk all over you. You cannot be too nice to them. Yeah. You have to hold their feet to the fire too. And I think that's now it's got to the point where this is probably the best. Finally, after me kind of helping and greasing the wheels some, and there's been some mediating and some other things at times, but for the most part, everybody's on the, on the same page of like, Hey, how can I help you get your job done and, and help you with your, with your customer. Yeah, I think once everybody understands how their role is critical and important in that chain, it helps right. everybody because it, and this wasn't one of my points, but now it's kind of making me think about it. Um, I love that they talk about the, uh, it's not my job. Mm -hmm. oh, and that's God. not in the vocabulary. Freaking hate that. Oh, it's it, so frustrating. Like, and, and I love that they talked to you. The, the example they used in the book at one point was, uh, the, the repair guy was replacing a light or something like that. And uh, a customer was walking out the front door of one of the hotels and he jumped off of his ladder from fixing a light and mm -hmm. like, opened the door for her. And do you remember that? Yeah. And like remember the story in the yeah, yeah. seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. I knew when that, when I, at the yeah. very beginning, I was like, Rince Carlton. Yeah. And he talked to you talked about like, that because he was so, like he was so impressed about this. Yeah. He was so impressed yep. that a repair man would mm -hmm. go, lower himself air quotes around that yeah to be a doorman basically and and when asked the guy said well no we we do whatever is needs to be done and i thought that was such a again culture it, yes it's, that's it's, culture yeah it, it's not oh man i wish that door guy would be here to open it that's not how he looked at it it was this need to be done i did it plain and simple yep. doorman's not there I guess not. i guess i'm the doorman yeah i'm the doorman right now i gotta get it done yeah so i i, I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, a lot of this is just really building a, a 
a culture of, of excellence is kind of what mm -hmm. a lot of this drew back to of, you know, do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And I liked that a lot. Um, yeah. But it's just not that simple. And I think what he helped, uh, what we'll get more into in the examples we have in the, what he says in the book is it's just not that easy to just say, just do whatever it takes. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like no. you can't, because the I love culture their card. just doesn't. Their card of, was it like 18, the 18 rules? Oh or, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Go over one every week or yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of every shift, yeah. they go over one. Yeah. And so I think that was, I mean, that alone was awesome. But I think just, just the fact that you have to build that culture and you have to just beat that into people's brains and, and get them to buy in to a degree. But you can't, again, you can't do that if you can't lead. You can't do that if you can't manage correctly. Like, and we'll get into that too. Um, all right. So, the you have the next one right yes i think so um uh, again i got so uh, creating an environment of inspiring versus uh, managing and we're i'm going to kind of talk drill this one back leaders versus management um because that seemed to be kind of a reoccurring theme mm -hmm. back and forth throughout this entire book uh, of you know you can't you can't drill somebody into success you can lead them to it um we talk about so real estate uh, insurance, whatever it might be. You know, you can't tell somebody what happened last month. You failed on your goals. You, know, you set your goals of X, Y, and Z. You, know, right. you said you're going to write eight claims or whatever that might be. I'm going to sell five houses. Um, we don't write claims, but yeah, yeah, policies. <laughs> yeah, uh, writing claims is what we tried not to do. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I know very little about the insurance side of stuff. And he's uh, a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that again. He is a realtor. Yeah, not not attached to insurance at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What, what question was that? Uh, call Stephen. Uh -huh. um, but it's that, again, that atmosphere of your, your what is it important about that goal? Why, why are you, like, as a leader, you have to be able to bring each employee back to their why. What, what was it about that goal that was important to you? You know, if it's you just said that goal because you think that's what I want to hear, it's not a good goal. Because you're right. not going to be driven by that. That's not something that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to there because you don't really, you're not really invested in it. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was. Yeah, you've got to have an internal motivation. Yeah. Of some kind. But then it's the role of the leader to not be a manager, to not look at it and go, well, you failed. Mm -hmm. You wrote five policies. Get to eight. Okay. You well, said you were going to get to eight. Yeah. You said, you said, yeah, you said eight. Why didn't you get to eight? I mean, the employee knows they didn't hit their goal. Like that you don't, I don't have to beat their head against the wall to tell them that you failed. You know, mm -hmm. it's, don't, you don't have to rub a dog's face in its piss to let them know that it pissed. They know. Right. Um, it, it's, it's going back and saying, okay, what actions did you take? What were the result, yeah. results of those actions? You know, you saw success here, here, and here. You didn't see it here. Is this a training issue? Uh, is this a conversion issue? Mm -hmm. Is it a numbers issue? Did you not hit your, like, did you not do your calls? Okay, well, you know, it looks here like you did all the calls that you said that you were going to do to, at proper conversions, you should hit X, Y, and Z. Right. Okay, now, is it a scripting issue? Are you not having high-level conversations with those customers to be able to convert at a level to hit your goals? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this, this, so this added on, I'll, I'll add on to mine because this is one of my aha, so we can just kind of combine them anyway. 
Um, but it talked about, so managers, the most important job is not measurement, but motivation. And you can't motivate numbers. And that's kind of what you were saying too. And we talked about is where, you know, people drive everything. Your people do. Yeah. Right. So your numbers should be used to help hold them accountable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you do have goals, you do have certain things. You have you to have a have, metric. Right. You, you, you have to. We talked about earlier before the podcast of like setting goals. You can't just say, I want to sell a lot. Yeah. Like, okay, that's a great. So how, what do you mean? Yeah. What? When? Quantify that. How? Yeah. Why, where? What's your timeline? What's Over a, what? Right. Yeah. What is a lot? Yeah. So when you help them, I think if you can help them see that the numbers, you can't just be all numbers. And then, and in my job, I've got, I've gotten around or I've been around other business owners that, you know, in, in any sales job, especially that, that has anything to do with the phone. Yeah. They, I've had people ask me, how many outbound calls is your, do your people have to make? Depends on the person. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, how, how new are they? Because new people usually have to make more because yeah. they're just not as good as getting people to say yes to a quote or whatever. Right. So yeah, when I first started cold calling for real estate, it was 60 contacts to one appointment. Right. 60. But then as you get better. Yeah. Now I'm 15. Right. So yeah. then it's the, the outbound call. Plus then it's okay. So it just can't, it's, it can't be the end all be all. No. The number of the outbound call thing just can't, it's just not the, it's not the king metric of everything. So the accountable, so when you, but what you can do and what I think a good leader and a good manager does do is you use the numbers to help them know where they are at. So if they, if you help them get to a goal and then, or they set a goal and you get, you know, by the end of the month, they, they want to be at a certain point, you've got to show them the, okay, this is how many calls you need to make. This is how many quotes you need to make. This is blah, 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 blah. Like these are the numbers that yeah. you need to track. I'll help you track. I'll use them and I'll hold you accountable to the numbers. But, and is that goal still something that you believe in? Right. And if, but if this isn't a goal that you truly want, which that goes into a lot of other things too, yeah, but sure. once we got to that point, okay, this is the backwards plan yeah. of what you got to do every day to get to that goal. And I think that if you are, if you think that you as the manager, your most important part is just to, is just strictly measuring the numbers and not motivating the actual person to reach the numbers or come up with the numbers or anything. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. Or I mean, you're just the guy that goes, there's just no good help. Nobody wants to work hard anymore. Yeah. Ugh, that shit kills me. <laughs> it's such garbage. It's yeah, such garbage. It is. Like, it is. I don't give a damn what generation you are. You either want to be, and that's another, actually one of the, it's not how hot that I wrote down, but I thought it was great. Um, this is why these conversations typically go much longer than like 30, no, 45 no, minutes. No, since like we, the, we start talking, we're like, oh, yeah, no, no, but then there was this. And then, yeah, oh, let's go down that rabbit hole. And normally we do 10. So I'm like, I had to kind of yeah. like cut out a couple yeah. to get, because I underlined some more stuff. And I was like, damn, I got to get this to 10. I got to yeah. get this to five. Okay. Um, and then the only thing, the other last one I think I have here is a, oh, so then it like, so, Again, when you're using the numbers, you can still use the numbers. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's still, that would be a mistake to just ignore, like, there's no numbers matter. Or, yeah, yeah okay, because again, a goal needs to be specific. Generally, that brings in some kind of number of yeah. some kind. Um, but it is, so if they keep falling short, then what is the reason? You know, as a leader, as a manager, your job is to figure that out. Yeah. And figure out the why behind it, right? Carrot versus the crop. 
What does that mean? So you have to lead them by something that they want rather than beating them with something that you think they need. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. um, what's the carrot? What, what's your goal? What, what does eight, you know, policies written? What does that mean for you? Why mm-hmm. eight? Okay. If that means that you're going to be able to buy that new Corvette next month, great. If that's your why right now, then how can I assist you as a leader to hit that goal? God, I wish eight policies would get you a Corvette. Right. Damn. I'd have a lot of Corvettes. But again, it, or you can beat them over the head with it and just be like, you suck, you suck, you suck. Right. You, you're still why, not hitting you're it. Still, you're not hitting it. You're not hitting you're not it. Hitting you're, it. Not hitting you're not hitting it. it. You're not hitting it. Okay, cool. That's great. Ugh. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that gets you nowhere. I like, feel so motivated to go back and call. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for beating that over my head. Yeah. Um, no, so that, that was kind of the leading versus driving, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. I think that's a good one. So the next one that I wanted to talk about was the, it's on page 66. Okay. And so, man, this one is the one that I think is the, the bee's knees. I got, I got one better, but go ahead. You're an idiot. So for not wrong. the, like, I think this is what I actually literally wrote this down on a piece of paper. And this is what separates the men from the boys. <clears throat> so he was talking about like, the context was explanations versus excuses and managers. Yes. And so on page 66, he gives all these stories and this, all these examples. So, so in the end, or what I underlined was it says, so to some, their answers are not excuses. Instead, their explanations. The words sound plausible and make managers feel as if they've answered the question and thus solved the problem. And I actually did a, to my own credit, because I'm a genius. <laughs> they, I am a, uh, we, we actually talked to them. They were like, what is your secret to success? I think this is honestly everybody. This is every successful person. And they asked that to everybody just so we know, just full disclosure. They ask every presenter, what is your secret to success? Cause I'm not very successful. So they, and this was kind of what I was actually trying to get to. And I think it's, it's basically when you look at something and you have a situation where you have a very real, um, he says explanation, like something that's a legitimate yeah. reason why you couldn't move forward, yeah. why you didn't get something accomplished. You explain the circumstances. Right. And they're real, like they're yeah. legit. Right. Yeah. So one of his examples is they had like a, they had one of the hotels that was really low in occupancy and it was like far below the other ones and but they had like this really ridiculous ice storm or, or winter storm is up in the northeast so it wasn't in texas where there was snowmageddon Same. it was probably like Last real week. snow yeah so they had a um he calls the manager guy and the guy's like look it's lots of snow there's no like the airport shut down i mean the, there's a lot of issues blah 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 so he again, he thought that was the answer. So it's a it's a viable explanation. It makes sense, mm-hmm. but for him, it wasn't good enough. And I think so. What he ended up doing was helping him kind of think outside the box. How do we get more people in? How do we get our occupancy up over the next week, over the next weekend, whatever? And then they did some things and they made it and it and it worked. Yeah. But I think that that can be applied in like every freaking aspect of your life. Yeah. And so to me. 
what I mean by this is what separates the men from the boys. I said that this is what separated the guys in uh, Ranger Selection for me, especially mentally. Yeah. So when we had, we were in a Ranger Assessment Selection Program, which is called RASP. So you got the guys that quit. There were some guys that quit, and they would go to the regular Army, and they or they wouldn't stay or go into special operations, right? So they didn't make it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, it wasn't the guy that, like, broke his femur and, like, you just can't. Like, they don't let you go forward. Yeah. It was the guy who was like, but I'm really, like, I'm, I don't feel good. I'm really tired. I ended up getting an infection or I got sick for, like, a couple of days. I ate something wrong. Um, I just can't do it. I can't perform with a lack of sleep. Right. And it wasn't in, like, it was, it was different times where it wasn't just the sleep. Like, it wasn't just, like, they weren't tough enough. Yeah. It was... They like had some legitimate things happen to them. Mm-hmm. They use those explanations as as the reason. Like I can't go on. I can't do this. Yeah, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. I can't control these circumstances. And they would let that they they accepted it, and then they would move on, or they would quit, or whatever. Yeah. Then there were other guys who made it, who had maybe similar circumstances. And I think we make the mistake of being like, well, they were just tougher or whatever. But like this mentally, I think, I mean, some of it is mental toughness, but some of them just looked at that as an excuse. It wasn't an explanation. It wasn't the answer. It wasn't like, oh, whatever it was. No, I I have these really bad blisters and I got a skin infection, but I can keep going. Yeah, it hurts really bad. Yeah. But it's going to go away. Yeah. I can take antibiotics. I can put some medicine on it and I can get out of here. Like, I just need to take care of it better, but I don't need to quit because of it. Yeah. Like that, if I quit, it's just an excuse. This is not, Yeah, you know, I'm not going to use this as an excuse. Well, to someone else, it's an explanation. And I think that is where you, man, I think just in so many little areas, that's what separates the one percenters in business, in sales, in everything. I mean, I think that when you look at certain people and you're like, how did that guy or girl get to that point? Like what makes them so special? Why are they so successful? It's because, and I, I think if you boil down to it, at some point down the road, <clears throat> them versus one other person that just didn't quite make it. They were good. They they got close, but they didn't quite make it. They got down the road. Something happened that was a very legit explanation. Yeah, it was a circumstance. A, yeah, it was a very real circumstance. Very real adversity. Yeah. Not and none of us would have been like, oh god, I can't believe you let that stop you. Like, oh wow, yeah, that sucks. I can't believe that happened. But then you look at it and the other person had that same thing happen yeah. to them and they just pushed forward. They just, they figured it out. They, you know, in the army, they, they say, uh, they would, I mean, you'd hear this all the time, especially as a private, they said, they'd be just like, figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Just figure the fuck out, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> just go on. Yeah. Figure it out. Stop giving me explanations. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care. I don't care at all. I told you, you have to go from here to here with that. And you just need to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I can't find Like, I don't. Oh, but there's it. a mountain in the way. Okay. The fuck out. How are you going to climb it? Figure it out, dude. Yeah. How are you going to get over it? Get away from me. And you're like, God. God. It was so frustrating, but there's time. But like, I think that's what separates the the men from the boys. That's when you look at those people that are just these uber successful people, you know, like Bill Gates or anybody else, it's, they had it for everybody faces this adversity, faces things that are very legitimate reasons why they should or could step away and no one would blame you. And yet they don't, they look at it and they're like, nah, no, I can, I can get around this. Like I, I, this isn't good enough. This is, that's just an excuse. Work the problem. 
yeah, I'll get, I'll figure it out. I'm going to make it work. You know, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And so to me, when he talked about that, cause when I did this little like speech thing, I tried to do it. It didn't, I didn't say it as elegantly, elegantly, uh, but <clears throat> this, you are nothing but eloquent. I know I am very, that's, that's typically how people describe that's me. That's usually word. always the first that's word. That's the first word I, yes. I think of whenever eloquent. I, yeah, eloquent. This is my friend, Steven. He's very elegant, eloquent and, uh, and elegant and well. elegant. He's very, very elegant, but you're going to have to, um, he cusses some. <laughs> a little no, rough around I the edges. I tend to be the guy that they're like, it's okay. I warn them about you. You're yeah, yeah, you're fine. Like, really? What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like, so. Well, they, again, we go back to that leaders versus managers. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, again, is, is a reoccurring thing. We could probably hit 50 different aha points for that. And, and, you know, I feel like every time we do one of these Juntos and, and we talk about a book that we've read, um, I don't know about you, but it, the whole time I'm reading these, I'm just like, God, I'm a piece of shit human. Like, <laughs> it's just like I, I hear these yeah. things of like the, the excuses. And, and, you know, like for us right now, we just had the, the big freeze here uh, mm-hmm. in, in oh, Dallas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We brought zero listings on this week. And all of us at the office this week. Well, it froze last week. Right. That's very true. And it is the reason that there is not much coming up on the market right now because right. everybody's dealing with their own personal issues at their own. You know, they lost power. They had a pipe burst. <laughs> um, God almighty. Any, any number of, of, of reasons or explanations here, but it, it, you have to be able to look at that and go, okay, work the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Work the problem. Okay. Who do we need to hop on the phone with? Who do I need to call? Who of those 10 people that said they were going to be coming up this week? Can we get them up this week? Are there, do we need to get a plumber out there for them? Like what, what can we do to help facilitate what we can from our end on the business side? What can we do to alleviate those problems for the client? Mm-hmm. Instead of just going, well, write it off. Yeah. No, I, no, I agree. I think so. I, one of the examples I have is, um, in my business. So when we opened the first month we opened, we didn't have a certificate of, of occupancy. And because of that, we didn't have power. So they still hadn't given us our power, turned the power on like encore had not turned the power onto the building. So we, we were supposed to open October 1st of 2016. Mm-hmm. Well, we did open October 2016. So that meant like on all of our computer systems and everything else, as, as far as the company and the way everything worked, like there were customers that we had inherited that their bills are due. And because it was an older book that you had some people that were going to come in and we knew they would, and they're going to pay cash or check. Yeah. Not going to call it in. They're not going to do it on a recurring monthly and they're not going to pay with a credit card. I didn't know you could still do that. hundred percent. Definitely can. So you very, pay, we don't have a lot of them anymore. Billing cash. You, yeah, <laughs> like you're the bank and yeah, you have like, like, it's usually like the 85 cash. year old where this is like the one of four things they have the whole week that yeah. they have to do and they look forward to it because they want to get the hell out of their house, which I, I mean, I don't blame them there. Um, we all live that life in quarantine. Yep. So, but so we, okay. So we have no power, which meant it's October and it's Texas. So it's not cold no. and we had no air conditioner, nothing. All we had were laptops. And we had some hotspots that I had bought. 
because internet, I mean, there's no power. So internet doesn't yep. work. Computers don't work. Uh, we had laptops, luckily. So, <clears throat> and one of my employees, my employee that's still with me now, and this is a big reason why, uh, she knew, and she's been doing it longer than me or anybody else in my office, is these people are going to need, they're going to come here, they're going to want to make a payment. So, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I don't, I, we need to be here. Like, we need to stay open. Yeah. I mean, I get we have no power. I get we have, like, we just, we just, we got to figure something else out. But we got to figure it out. And so, what I ended up doing is I did some training and uh, trained some of the, some of the new people kind of to do what we could there. And then I sent half the, there was like three people that worked for me at that time. So, I was like, I just sent two of them home. They were in sales. And I was like, hey, Y'all go home. I can't, I don't have anything else to do for you right yeah. now. Um, cause it was a Saturday when we opened, it was the first. Yeah. So I was like, all right, y'all go home. I don't want to waste your time here. So, but my employee, Brenda was like, all right, um, I'm going to set up a table, stay, uh, my company that I work for delete that. That was at a minute, 12 minutes, 40, 44 <laughs> seconds. So we had a table, we had a fold out table. So she got a table, she gets a table, she puts it outside. She's like, it's not too hot outside. I'm going to put the table down and we're going to put the laptop on it. And then I will just sit out there. And so that way, if someone comes here, oh, we didn't even have a sign on the building. Sign wasn't on the building yet. Yeah. I mean, like nothing was working right. So we could have just been like, just you know what? Written it off and just said, you Man, know what? We just can't chalk do this, it. Chalk this month up as a loss. It's a Saturday. We'll, we don't have we'll, power. We'll come we back no when AC. we see. We'll come back when we can. Yeah. Well, we ended up not having air conditioning or power for two more weeks. First two weeks we were open. Yeah. But what we did was we sat outside. We had laptops. We figured it the fuck out. Yeah. And she sat out there and she took payments and we sat out there so that people could see that we were there because we didn't have a sign. We had all this stuff. We we made sure it worked, and then we took payments. We did everything, and we had people that were just like, "What are you doing out here?" And we told them, we "We're like, oh, we don't have power in the building yet. Some stuff happened with the city, blah 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 blah. So we just were waiting on occupancy, so they haven't turned our power on." Yeah, and people were just like some of our customers were blown away. Yeah, because they're like, "You're still." So we forwarded the phone to her cell phone, so we're answering the phone and we're making we're being able to take payments. The very least, like the littlest things we could do. Yeah, and that is where. And and I'll, I'll I can't take a lot of credit for that. That was her idea. Yeah. She's like, can we? She's like, we need to do something. Can we do this? And I said, absolutely. Yep. So I sent the, some of my team home. They didn't. They started working half days for like that first week. We would train some, and then I would go sit out there so she could take a break mm-hmm. and go to you know give her lunch, do whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> Get out of here. You can't just sit here all freaking day outside in the sun. Yeah. So, oh, that's what we did. Yeah. But you easily could have. Oh, very and, and understandably so. Oh, you didn't have power. Of course. Yeah, you don't have power at your building. Okay. Yeah. It's 95 degrees outside. Yeah. We're not going to sit inside the building. We can't turn it on. Yeah. But I mean, that's you, but you can. Yeah. You yeah. still can do it. You yeah. still have like, and, and there's probably some customers that would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get it. You know, that's frustrating. I needed to make my payment, but you know, I'll figure it out. No, 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 no. We were there. We're here. Yeah. Come on in. Let's do the thing. And then when we said, I mean, it literally, some of them were just like, wow. That's great customer service. That's, I mean, I really appreciate you doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. Yeah. We're just like, that's just what we do. So to set that precedent early and then, you know, later on, and it, it turns out we have some of the lowest, um, whenever we took a business, usually you have, when you take over a book, you have some people that are going to leave. Mm-hmm. And so 
we want the lowest labs can only the usually you tend you get like 10 to 15 percent is what they tell you okay like this is what people are gonna people it's just gonna happen yeah you're fine do anything about it yeah we had like three yeah that was it and i guarantee you it's because of stuff like that that happened that we just made it work yeah we, were, we weren't gonna let some those certain things those explanations that were le totally legit and most people aren't gonna sit there and probably nobody would have been like hey man that sucks yeah i get it yeah and we were like no 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 f that we're not gonna do that yeah no and i think that's like i was saying earlier i think that's one of the things that drives me nuts but also is the, the most growth potential from reading stuff like this is you identify those things in yourself where you did let mm -hmm. an explanation oh. oh yeah don't get me wrong i've definitely done that too oh yeah i was doing it yesterday percent. <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah it was like oh i'm terrible but it's about that growth and go okay what can we do better the next time? Mm -hmm. What what's the next step when you know when we come across adversity the next time? How how can we work the problem better to even that the minute detail there of okay we're gonna do something like it, it may not we're not gonna be operating we're not gonna be you know firing all pistons right now right but the people who are gonna be coming in to turn those that turn that check in they're gonna be able to turn a check in mm -hmm. yeah what can we do yeah what can we do what can we what can we get accomplished? What are we, you know, yeah, we're not gonna be blowing the doors off this month. That's right. okay. Like, but we're not just gonna mail it in and say, well, we're not power. All right, darn. No, yeah. we had, okay. So what can we do is train. We can do different things so that when we do have power, we can hit the ground running. Yeah. And man, and just the people that are just like, oh, I just can't do it. I couldn't, I didn't have power. So we just didn't go to the office the first two weeks. And, I, and there's people that do that and it's like those are the ones and then those are the ones who wonder and they're like why what's going on why is that person more successful than i am yeah what's the difference why, how come because on the surface you're not going to see those things because in your mind generally and like they said leaders versus managers the manager will completely write that off as a viable reason why mm -hmm. something isn't working that's the answer that's the answer right um, so no, I, that, I thought that was a huge takeaway from here. And, you know, one that I reflected on a lot because I was like, yeah, oh, and you man. can't let it beat you up though, because, and I think that like, that's the whole social media thing, right? Like, yeah, we've talked about that. Shick and I have talked about it before. We, we joke about it, but compare you know, your insides to other outsides. I mean, you're comparing yourself to the highlight exactly. reel from everybody else. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. You know, this guy's not going to cover it in the book, like all the screw ups. He does yeah, cover oh, yeah. some. Yeah. For but sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he like can't. A, yeah. The book would be 14 million pages long. Yeah. Like it's, they made mistakes. There's going to be different things where they, they do accept those things, those explanations as answers. He accepts, accepts them as, as answers. That was hard to say fast. Um, so it's just, it's okay. Yes. But the fact to be able to, the important thing is you look back and go. But to identify that as a hurdle. Right. Like, that, like, that, oh, that is damn. a thing. Yeah. Don't, I did that yesterday. Yeah, yep. Shit. Yeah. And catch yourself right. going, okay. Okay. Next time I need to see that and go. What can we do? Yeah. Next time. This is how I need to correct that or change that because it's easy. It's oh, yeah. e way easier to it's go. Easy. That's by far the pass, the path most traveled. Yeah. It's and least resistance. Or least sure. resistance. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. I'm smart. College degree. Um, all right. So that was my, what was your next one? Um, my next one and, and another one, when we talk about identifying stuff as you read through this and you're just like, man, I just identify. Um, no customer's complaints are invalid. 
don't complain about customers. Mm. And he basically brought up that the only person, like his one, one of those big rules was that the only person who was allowed to kick a guest out was him. Like if yeah. somebody needed yeah, to be kicked out of, the, out of the hotel, he was the only person who was allowed to make that executive decision on why or why not. Mm-hmm. And I know there's so many times we get a client who they want to go out and see 15 homes this weekend and 10 of them are above their price range. And it's just, it's so easy to slip into that. Ugh, what are they doing? Like they can't buy this house. Why are we going to look at $500,000 houses and they're qualified for 400? You got to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. What is it about that for them? Why is that a hurdle? Right. So, Maybe it's about having that conversation with them of, okay, I see that you keep identifying these $500,000 properties. This is what you're wanting to go see. Mm-hmm. We have a hurdle. <laughs> right. You can only afford 400 Yeah. That's not an explanation. Yeah, That's like, math. Yeah. You can't <laughs> buy that $500,000. No one's house. going to let you do that. Yeah. You can shit in one hand and wish in the other. Tell me which one fills up first. And then you'd be the one you're wishing in. No. But to dig deeper past that and go, okay, what is it about those $500,000 properties that they keep identifying? Like, are they looking at it and saying, I want X, Y, and Z features in a home? Mm -hmm. Okay, now I need to work that problem. Right. Maybe we need to look further out. Maybe Don't just fall on that first objection and then just go oh and they're just so high maintenance yeah i've seen this before Ugh, i've dealt with this before steven steven just wants way too much yeah for what he can afford and okay well all right steven what is it about that home that you what what do you need in that home okay you need the space you have two kids and you want a playroom and you want okay well if this is what you need we probably need to be looking here if this is if these are all things that are that are musts I can't just write that off as you're just being annoying. Right. No, you're going to have to find that somewhere else. Yeah. Or if you can, what's the selection? So is there, do we need to move out further? Do we need to go to a different city? Whatever. Yeah. What, but not just to fall on, Oh, they're just being so annoying. Like, and I think that again, goes back to the culture of the company of servant heart mentality there of, of really, how can I solve this problem for you? Yeah. Because there was a problem there. And just like we kind of piggybacked off that last point of it's very easy to just go explanation. They're high maintenance. Mm-hmm. They're unrealistic. Yeah. They've got, they just, they don't know how this works. Yeah. They don't get it. Right. Well, yeah, they don't. That's why I'm here. Like I wouldn't have a job if everybody knew how to buy real estate. That That's. Yeah. If everybody could just go figure out insurance and just crowdsource everything. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't come to you no. and go, I, I, what do I need? Yeah. I have this house. I need a policy on it. Well, and sometimes they don't, but you have to, that's still the, you just have to have the patience and you have to help them understand. Like, I understand that you want to get the cheapest thing you can because price is important to everybody. Yeah. But when you dig deeper, it doesn't matter what you're selling. Every freaking thing they've ever like study, whatever. Price is always like third or fourth or fifth is most important. When you really dig down and start asking lots of questions. Yeah. 
And it's like, yeah, but I want the cheapest thing. Okay, great. But I also want all the coverage. Okay. I mean, you can't quite, normally you can't have both. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. sometimes I am way cheaper than everybody else, but yeah. I don't, you know, you, but you, like you have to, what is it really that's important? Every single one of those customers complaints or objections, there's a reason behind it. Sure. And I think that's really what they drove home was find that reason, mm -hmm. dig deeper to it to solve the problem for them. Right. And every now and then you're going to find somebody who is just being a dick. Oh yeah. No, they're, I, I love what, 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 what did he say? There was a, there was a quote in there that he said something about something along the lines of, uh, all of our, all of our clients are ladies and gentlemen. Some will choose to be contentious. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. I was like, that's, I talk like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might as well have written that. And I was like, I'm very the, eloquent. The, the phrasing of that is, is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think he said saying that in his German accent too. Oh, the audible is him. I'm pretty sure it's him who, Oh, who, is it? Yeah. So it is in oh, like a slight, to to it's in a that. slight German accent. Nice. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Um, but it, it, it's that of, and I think he said that they've only ever kicked out the one person, the one guy who just like, no matter what they did, he just, nothing was ever, ever enough. So they ended up calling him into the main office and he goes, all right, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. I want you to go book him another room in a competing hotel and have a limo sitting outside the front of the hotel and just tell him clearly we have not lived up to the standards at which you believe we should perform. And I fully appreciate that. So what we've done is we're going to go ahead and put you in the limo and we're going to send you across we'll town. Your room somewhere else. We got you. A, yeah. And then it was very fascinating to see how quickly that guy backpedaled of like, well, no, 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 that's, that's not, no, no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to move. Like that's not what I want. Yeah. Okay. Well then what would no, you, you, you absolutely have to fire customers at times. And I will say there, this book flew a little bit in the face of when we read, um, what was the other one? Pumpkin plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah kind of yeah. culling. Yeah. Trim the fat. Yeah. You know, identify your top clients. And I, you know, I kind of find that to be somewhere in the middle of, you don't want to just dump clients because the first problem that arises, but you do, you have those clients where it's literally nothing you can ever do is ever enough. And at that point in time, you got to look at it and go, okay, how much is my time worth to me that right. I'm going to spend so much time trying to be the best possible and it's never going to be enough. We might not be the best people to work together. Yeah. And I don't think it like to a point, it doesn't necessarily fly in the face completely because they still have like a price. Yes. Like, so they've, they've, they're weeding out a lot. Yes. They kind of pumpkin planned it because Ritz Carlton is not cheap. Fair. There's a lot of, lot of people that can't. So yeah. when the ones that can, that are willing to spend that money to stay there, then it's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, these people want exceptional. They want the excellence. They want just mind blowing service. Yeah. So we're going to give it to them. But even then, again, there's still times occasionally where you just can't. But again, I kind of to that, you know, an explanation. You can very right. easily write off that first hurdle of, well. Yes, 100%. There's being needy, you know. Well, okay, no. Figure out what what is it. Don't just give up on the first pass kind of thing. Right. So. You got another one? I do. So on uh, page 101. So I'm going to read it out because I didn't want to, I didn't feel like reading it, read it.
don't know what he's doing. My dog going nuts. If I could get to it, that'd be great. There it is. All right, so, so he said he's talking about appreciation, not compromise. So says when business gets hectic, we sometimes spend more hours with our employees than with our family members. These are people who deserve our respect and our appreciation, even our love. This does not mean, however, that we go soft, that we go soft. I feel like that should be gets off, but that we go soft on them or compromise our standards. Sometimes the word love is misunderstood as softness. And there's a great speech that's by Art Williams. It's, you can YouTube it called Just Do It. It's a Just Do It speech. It's in like the 80s. It's way before the... Uh, before the Shia LaBeouf. Well, and it's way before like Nike yeah. came out with Just Do It. I don't know what the hell you're talking about with Shia LaBeouf, but... No? No. I don't. We'll pull it up after this. Okay. It's a pretty All good right. YouTube montage of Shia LaBeouf being Shia LaBeouf. I don't know what happened to that guy. Poor guy. Drugs. Yeah, that's right. Drugs Did he get clean, though? I thought he cleaned up a little bit after the peanut butter falcon dude i have no idea but yeah i think i'm I think pretty he sure did. he did i think he did because he so the other you know peanut butter falcon did you ever see it no it's pretty good but it's uh the it's like the like first time that kid? like uh um second it's the first like big movie that a down syndrome person yeah. is the not the i guess i don't know if he's the lead but he's the uh supporting actor yeah but um so I saw an interview and Shia LaBeouf went to rehab and they kind of asked him, they're like, so what was it? You know? And he basically was like, well, I got to know him, the guy that has down syndrome. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've been he, given all of this and you just, well, he wanted- just, he just called him out. He's like, man, you just need help. Yeah. You're sick. You have got to get pull your shit together. And he's like, just the fat, like, just hit, like the raw, so direct was the one thing that just kind of snapped him out of it. He, he just kind of stepped back and was like, Oh my God, you're right. What am I doing? And he's like, I need to go to rehab. Like I have a problem. And he just, it was just the one, like the one guy that just came up to him and was like, you're messed up, man. Pure unadulterated honesty. Yeah, he's like, you can do yeah. way better than this. Like he was mad because Shia Buffett got gotten arrested or something. And like it, it messed up some of the part of the, while they were trying to record the movie Yeah, and all this stuff. And it was pretty, and he just shot, Shalabuff's like, man, it just took that. It just like, I don't know, kind of it was like a getting punched in the face. And he's like, yeah, it's a gut punch. Dang, you're right. Um, so the just do it speech is Art Williams, and he talks about just do it. But in that, in it, it's an 18 minute speech. It's from the 80s, but he talks about you can be good and tough at the same time. He's talking about the way you treat your employees. Yeah, and I think that this is something that is also when it comes to managing and leading, not managing, but leading. Um, when he says, our des- so I said, our employees deserve so much from us as a leader, as their leader, as their manager. So we cannot get them to follow us uh, unless you're loving your employees. And that can't be looked at as soft. You can't be thinking that, all right, I've got to be, you know, if I love them, if I care, if I truly care for them as a person, then I'm being too gentle or too soft on them. Yeah. Because yeah. I would like, I honestly think that that's some of the most challenging thing 
you can do as a leader or as a manager because you may have to fire them. You may have to make hor- like a decision that you know is going to affect them and it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt their family, but you have to do that. Yeah. And it's inevitable, right? So I said with, uh, you know, because if you do, it's so it's, it's the only way that it's worth it and it's worth it because they're in, there's inevitable pain. It's coming. Yeah. You're going to have employees. You're going to have people that you lead that you get to know you care for deeply. And then you're going to have to make decisions because they're not, it's not working out. You're going to have to get rid of them. You're going to do whatever. You're going to know that they have kids. You're going to know that they're spouse. You're going to go to Christmas parties with them, whatever. And if you, I'm trying to like talk quiet. I'm running out of breath. So if you do that, your, your reward is how much more you're going to get out of that person. Because I would argue, I well, people are willing to go the extra mile for somebody they know that actually cares about them, right? That that, that you're not just a cog in a wheel. And if you and if they know that, so if I know that and you know that, right? Think about like your friends, yeah, especially guy friends, yeah. You know, I've known you for quite a while, yeah, too long. So I'm able to say stuff to you, and probably be a little more frank or a little bit more mean, a little bit more cold or direct, but it's, it's because it's, we have it's, a friendship. But it's not, that I it's can not do cold, that. but it's not cold or it's not right. cold or mean like that because it's coming from a place of love. Yeah. But if it, it would be, if someone, if it was a stranger, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's something that they can't, you can't get away with that. Like no. a random person cannot come up and say something to you and be like, you have, you're not going to listen to them. No, they can't get away with it. But I, well, I'd be offended. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, God, screw you, so, dude. Yeah, like, right. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. Yeah, you don't know me. Like, right. that's, that's not. But if it comes from a friend where that's a, <clears> that's a totally different conversation, and I think that's that boss employee, it's coming from a place of love. Like, look, I want you to succeed, mm-hmm. not just because it helps my bottom line, but because I've brought you on. At the end of the day, I have a responsibility for you and your family, and that's to make sure that you are doing what you came on and promised to do. Right. And so you can't, you can push someone so much harder. If you truly care about them, they understand and they feel that you care about them. You can get so much more out of them. You can push them so much harder because you, because when you go to that person and you say, I know you can do better. It's not some false, like cliche garbage that you're spinning and you're trying to manipulate them. It's no, I truly, like I'm telling you, you're screwed. You're, you're failing yourself. Well, I, I've seen how good you can be. This just hit home. So I was interning with a team out on the East coast and this guy was an incredible leader, runs a huge, huge real estate company on the East Sounds coast. Sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why is and, that so uh, funny? It, it should not be that funny. They were, uh, so this guy and, and one of his big things was anybody knew that he brought on, he would, you know, they would cold call right next to him. So he'd been doing this for 30 some odd years and he would still in the trenches, cold calling with guys every morning. Nice. And uh, one of the strengths of leadership is he would sit down with somebody and identify like, what's your big why? Why are you doing this? Support your family, okay? Like this, that was this guy. Was He was there to support us, but he wants to build a better life for his family. And I was there one day and I remember, it, I can't remember if he was just slacking off or if he was making an excuse about something and and I'm not going to use the guy's name but he he stops his call and he, he pauses the the dial and he looks over and he goes 
How would your family feel about your performance today? And it just cut to the bone. But <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't him being like it truly came from a place that like he knew that was his pressure point. Yeah. That was why he was there. That's why he showed up in the morning. And it instantly. Because it brought back that why. Like because this leader mm-hmm. knew this was his purpose. He identified it. He said, you're not performing. How would your family feel about that? All I had to say. Yep. That's a very curt statement to make of if some random person came up to you on the street and was like, how would your family feel about your lack of performance today at the job? Well, you, I mean, you'd either get offended or you'd blow them off. Yeah. Because you'd be like, what the hell do you know, yeah, dude? Yeah, yeah. Back away, get away from me. But it was one that when that was there, <clears> and it came truly from a place like he wasn't trying exactly he wasn't belittling him he wasn't but that was it that's all he had to say and it immediately was like okay brought him back to there's that why and there's there's why i'm pushing to do whatever it is that i'm doing it's because x y and z um yeah and i think that's that difference in leadership versus management and we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier of yeah you know beating somebody over the head with numbers versus that one statement motivating them helping them yeah, I agree. So I think that, so with the other things that I wrote down, I think so a lot of times when this, when this happens, when you get to this point, when you do care, when you actually love your employees, you take care of them, um, you serve them. <clears throat> Communication is usually much better. And this has been my experience that the communication is a lot better. I would also warn, you know, the one listener that's my mom and you that you're, um, to beware is because the communication will be much better. Yeah. And sometimes that sucks when you're the leader and the communication's much better and your employee tells you stuff to your face that's 1,000% true. And you're like, because on one side, you're like, I'm glad you told me. The other side, you're like, man. If you set the standards, you got to live by them too. No, absolutely. And, And it's like, you, man, I really wish I could just tell you that mind your own business or shut up or be quiet or you could go sit down. You could. Yeah, but you can't. Well, I mean, you can, no, I mean, you're you just, physically can. You're, yeah, 100%. you're a shitty leader. Right. Exactly. No, you're, you're a manager. Yeah. You're a manager. Well, and that I, that's where it comes down. I've talked about this on one of my episodes, uh, before about, uh, leadership. We talked, we had a, like a brief leadership speaking and it was something that I, I told myself I would never say is, um, well, my name's on the door. Because then you just, that's I mean, you a can't, sign. it's fun, but you can't use it but in you, a valid statement. No, of, if you're upset, if you're trying to throw that back off. in the, yeah. yeah. No, 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 you can't, yeah. If you say that, if I ever say that to a point, and I'm serious, not like joking. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if you say it, then it's like, to me, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, for sure. like, all right, I'm not leading anybody. Yeah. At all. I'm screwed. Well, yeah, it's not do because I say so. No, right. I have failed somewhere. Yeah. Clearly. So, and I think the other thing too is, I remember where this hits home too, is you get really good at, you get to know your employees really well because you have to care about them. And in order to love them and care about them, you got to get to know them. Well, in order for, to get to know them and care about them and love them, you also have to be a little more vulnerable. You have to get that. They have, they're going to get to know you and not just you as like some kind of like robot boss Boss. guy. Yeah. It's a person. Yeah. You're a real person. So the issue is 
they're able to, um, my team is able to read me a lot better. And so I'm unable to hide certain emotions or certain things that eh, I wish I could. So sometimes I'm, I'm a lot more frustrated. I'm really stressed out because our numbers aren't where I want them to be. They they need to be, or I'm mad at kind of everybody because they, everybody's not doing well, not performing. And I can come in and I can, I can walk in, walk in my office or whatever. And they just know. And I wish they didn't know. Yeah. But it's not, and ultimately it's not a bad thing. It's not a big deal, but it's just funny because now it's like, those are some of the challenges you, you're going to face when it's like, damn, now everybody, like they do know me. They know me very well. You have to be better at managing your emotions. Yeah. But even if I don't say anything, sometimes they're just like, especially women, especially if you have women that work for you, man, they, they know things yeah. and they're just like, mm, no, something's wrong. <laughs> they just know. And they may not even be them. There's just something. And I've had them come like, I've had a couple of my employees come in before. They're like, you okay? Is everything all right? And it's just a genuine. Yeah. Hey, like some, it just seems like something's off. Yeah. And again, that, that's not bad, but as a guy, sometimes when you, when it isn't them Nothing. and you're just like, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Just no, leave me alone. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. You know, like Renee did make my breakfast perfect again. <laughs> <laughs> Renee doesn't make me breakfast, but yeah. So and like, that's, that's something that I think is, is a big deal. I just, I think it's, you know, and I feel like sometimes well, you even said it like, right. If, if I called the Junto, cause I'm, I, it's too, the book club is I'm too macho to call it a book club. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think that, um, yeah, that's another beer. So I think, um, that is something that kind of drives me nuts. Uh, because like you can't be that macho or that, um, stubborn whether you're a woman or a man that you can't care and love for your employee. Oh yeah. Right. So like that's, that's what kills me. And that's, that's like when people do that or treat their employees, like they try to keep this distance or keep them separated or keep them at some kind of arm's length. Yeah. I think that's kind of that that old school managerial. Yeah. You're right. Principle of like, Oh I'm the boss. I have to be, can't fraternize with the yeah. With can't the, fraternize with the employees, which there is something to be said about that, and that's a whole different conversation. But I think you see the best leaders remove themselves from a. They're not buddy buddy. Like I, I think there is a very fine line to skirt there, right? Of managers who want their employees to like them all the time, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're afraid to have those tough conversations. Yep. Because they're like, well, I might hurt their feelings. You might. But is what you are saying coming from a place of love in the sense that you want them to do better for the right reasons? Right. Like, and I think if that's where, and that's where you get genuine leaders get the best from their people because when they say something to them that might be misconceived as as rude or mean or 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 harsh you know our group of friends there's (laughs) a handful of you guys who could pretty much say whatever the hell you want to me and i'm probably gonna buck at it for a second but i'm gonna go probably right i mean that's you know Mm, maybe there's some validity there yeah yeah Yeah. and and it's not it's not because you're i know when you're joking and just you know talking shit versus when you're having a you know 
heart to heart moment as much as men sure. have those. But of yeah, like you, you can have that coming and go, look, this is, you know, something I'm concerned about and X, Y, Z. That's a different conversation. I think that's what separates a manager from a leader is that conversation is taken and received differently. And mm-hmm. you can't be afraid to have that conversation. Again, as long as it comes from a place that is well-intentioned. Yeah. I agree. Do you have another one? Uh, that's about it. My last one was, again, the, the leader versus manager, building dreams, adapting, inspiring versus manager. Um, yeah, kind of just what we've hit on. The leader versus manager was really kind of a big one. That's surprisingly not really what I thought the like thesis for this mm-hmm. book was because right. really it's more of like building a culture of excellence. Um, but I think with a lot of the <clears throat> books that we've read, you you really see that that culture is from the top down. Absolutely right. And he talks about it in his training. He talks about that with the car that they do. I mean, the training is just is so extensive and so repetitive and in, in getting them there and helping them understand it and, and believing in it. And then, but again, again, over and over and over again, it gets to be where you, because I think if just, because if you, if you have just a bunch of managers, then you have managers and then you have followers. Yeah. But if you have leaders, a leader can be the uh, housekeeper that notices the nuts in the trash can. Yes. That's leading. Yes. That's taking it, taking initiative and, and reaching out and making something change. And so to be able to do that is absolutely, but I, I, that's how you get to excellence. Yeah. And so I think one of the caveats, so on one of them this and this ties into what we were saying too. So we won't, we won't spend a bunch of time on it, beating it, killing a horse until it's completely dead. Um, well, that horse has been dead for about the last year and a half. Yeah, probably. So, um, this is something that I think is a good way to kind of wrap, like wrap up what he was saying as far as like leaders and caring and loving and whatever. And I think that this, what I wrote was yes on my piece of paper, but um, he said, but let's be honest. He said, so not everybody is as self-motivated as uh, he says, EB, which is a story before. Uh, but really it's, let's be honest. Very few people come to work to be negative or to do a lousy job. People come to contribute to a purpose. When we invite them to join us to take on positions that befit them, their talents can blossom. And the biggest thing I think of that that I loved was that people don't come to a job to suck. They don't go to a job. They don't go. Not for long. No, but I mean, if that, if that is, if, if you suck at your job, you're probably going to be there for a long time. No, but it's, it, but they're not going there to purposely yeah, to do yeah to intentionally be their plan bad. is yeah, not no, to just no. suck at it. People want purpose. Absolutely. And they, they we as be humans, good yeah, we at humans want to have purpose. And I think if you can bring that out of people and kind of show them that roadmap of here's what we're about at this job guess what? We're going to be a family because we're spending eight An to 10 hours time a together. day. I mean, yep. in most careers, you spend more time with your office or your coworkers mm-hmm. than you do with your family and at home. Like that, that is your second family. Yeah. 
no one wants to be there and be failing their second family. No, not at all. And and you get people that, and I've, I've told, I tell new people all the time. And if it's, you know, and I, and I mean it, I mean it from day one. Look, if you come work for me and let's say you're here for two years and you bust your ass and you work really hard and you do everything you can to help us reach our goals. And you get to the end of that two years and you're like, you know what? I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't like insurance. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I, I like you. This doesn't I like the me. people. This just isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. My dream has always been to be a firefighter. Then awesome. Tell, like I want to know that. And I promise you, I've told everyone, I'm like, I swear to the bottom of my soul, you work your butt off for me. And if that comes to the conclusion where you're like, look, I don't want to do this for the next 40 years. I don't, I don't care. That's awesome. I don't expect everybody that I hired to be here for 40 years. That'd yeah. be fantastic if it worked out that way. Cause it would be super easy, but it's not, that's not reality. And if it's like, look, you want to be a firefighter. I know people that are firefighters. I will help you in any way I can to be a firefighter. Yeah. That's what you want. And I've had people who are like, why would you push people out the door? It's like, I'm not pushing people out the door. They're going to leave anyway. Yeah. Or they'll stay, which is worse. And they'll suck. Yeah. And that's going to be miserable want to murder them. Yeah. And so it's just, that is a big thing to me, <clears throat> but just, um, so I wrote like you, one, you can't, and this goes throughout the whole thing. You cannot, you can't fake actually caring. And what made me think of that book, made me think of how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. You, you, there's a lot of things that sound very manipulative in that book. But he even stops and says over and over again, like if this doesn't, like humans un know when things are genuine and we we aren't, we we just there's a most of us understand or can well, feel like, it. Like we just talked about conversations, you know when that's coming from a right. place of true well intention and when it's just manipulation. I, yeah, and when I'm just saying that because I know that's your pressure point. Yeah, but I know you don't care. Right, and that makes a huge difference. Right, huge it makes difference. it's it's a difference of like inspiration motivation versus just being pissed off mm -hmm. and shutting down yeah so um you know and i think the thing when i was thinking about this <clears throat> too that that, that kind of brings that point home of people want to be good at what they do they don't they don't come to work or they don't come to any job that they've agreed to do and and thought the day they get there like man i just want to I just can't wait I to just, suck. Yeah, I just want to be like, the I just, worst one here. I just can't I wait to be just bottom. really fail. Like, just, just really, yeah. just let me just lay a, just a goose egg today. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to be the worst employee here, for sure. Like, if they had a reward for that one, I want that one. Yeah. Because, like, look, I mean, like, especially in the United States, I think that, that, that this culture, our culture in our country, but really any country, but I definitely know our country because I've never, I didn't grow up in other countries, is, you know, we grew up wanting to be doctors, astronauts, movie stars. Dream big. Right? Like, you don't meet a kid. Like, so what, do you, what did you want to be, a, be when you grow up? Little baby Steven? I just want to be the worst, shittiest employee I can be. I want to be average at most. Ordinary. I kind of want to just fail at most things. That's kind of what I want to be. No, if I go ask my kids right now, they want to be doctors or a nurse or they want to be a police officer. Steve wants to be, I think, an architect at one point. He wants to be an architect, astronaut, and um, an insurance agent. 
solid collection of all three careers there. Yeah, I'm like, well, if you can do all three, awesome. But like, I mean, but like he not in no no point in that in their attitude, nothing. And and thinking back to when I, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle when I grew up, you'd ask five year old Steve-O. It was, an, I want to be a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. And I was dead serious. But it was never like, I just want to be, I kind of want to be a failure. Yeah. Like, I kind of just want to be. I want to be okay. I want to be average. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I don't want to be, I mean, that might be too good. No, that doesn't, that's not reality. Yeah. No, yeah. no freaking person goes to a job. It doesn't matter what it is. And their, their goal is to suck. It just isn't in humans and so i i do think it's easy i think it's easy to get jaded as as an employer or as someone a manager doesn't matter anybody that it's hiring people that's dealt with people employees or whatever and there is there's some crazy stuff that happens oh yeah i have crazy stories there's crazy things that happen crazy people you hire and it just makes no sense it blows your freaking mind yeah but even then you can't get jaded to the point where you're like man that's just that is what everybody is yeah. and good people are the exception or people that actually give a damn are the exception that's that's just i feel like that's such a it's an easy thing to fall into but i think it's a very very big mistake to do i i, I think the the true signs of a successful business is building and i think this is what schultz really capitalized on the most with the ritz carlton is building a system of culture and then getting the people that fit that culture yeah. Like, look, here's what we're doing. This is our, and I, they, they went on, they, they said, we talked briefly about having, you know, your, your vision, your vision statement for your company. Yeah. It can't just be words. No, you're right. And because if it's just words, nobody believes in it. Like it's not a, okay, sure. Yeah. We're going to be the best real estate company in the world. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? <coughs> like, what, what do you mean we're going to be the best? We're going to give the best customer service ever. Like, what, what is it? What does that actually mean? Like, okay, no, that's not. Like, okay, all right. I mean, I get that you want to do that, though. I mean, okay. It's what got, is that even? The hell are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, that sounds great, but no, you. It has to be something that you believe in and that your company believes in. But then, not just that. The people there believe in that they right. agree with and are like, yeah. All right. If you tell me to go run up that mountain, I'm gonna go run up that mountain because that's that's what's ahead of us and that's what we got to go do. We're gonna go there, and we're not gonna go there just because. Somebody pointed there and said, go. Right. Because you're going to face challenges along the way. And if it's just a go there, your challenges are going to stop you pretty quick. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is they feel like there's a lot of boxes that you have to check and they don't, they're just checking the boxes to check the boxes. Right. Mission statement, check. Vision statement, check. Okay, got that, got that. This is what we do. And it's like, okay, that's great. But is that something that you actually do or is that something that you're just you've been told that you need to do that so you're doing it but nobody actually really believes in it yeah you know what that reminds me of is it makes me think of um those uh posters that you would read like on the top of um classroom walls yeah. that while you're taking like the sats or act succeed uh, try hard and you're like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah the empty motivational speeches <laughs> yeah, yeah. believe yeah 
you are. If you shoot for the moon and miss, you land among the stars. Or stuff that doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah. I don't think that's how space works at all. Yeah, that's, the moon's <laughs> real close and the star's not. Yeah, I don't think I would land anywhere. I think I'd just die, actually. But let's, I mean, like, like, that's what that reminds me of is those things, like putting those random posters and yeah. like, yeah, this is going to motivate me, my employees. This is what, this is, this is what we'll buy. They, they're going to, they're going to want to suck. And then they're going to look up at the wall and go, but he said, believe. Damn. Believe said, now. That, Michael Jordan said, believe. I'm going to believe. And that's yes. honestly a very tough concept to live up to. Because what do you really believe like what right. what what is that driving factor oh like, god man and I, I think that's i mean something i struggle with like what what is that vision like what what is it the vision like what what can i boil that down to that in a you know a one line ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen like i think that so fully encompasses kind of all of the pieces of what they are as a company and what they stand for that then everything else kind of filters underneath that of the, those that car that they carry of all the different points of you know we do this and we do this and we do this those are all pieces of ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen yeah no i agree i think that that like once you unpack that once you unpack all of the, that concept where it's it's such a simple thing to say but then like once you and that's essentially what the book is that's what he's he's kind of working his way through is just unpacking that whole deal and it starts at the very beginning when he explains like when he was a kid and he wanted to do this and then he actually says it in like some paper out of like just because he needed to hurry up and get this paper turned into to work or to school yeah you know and he, and he and he got it done yeah i wanted to look at it so i just looked it up it's 24 24 points i thought it was 18 but no there, there was a yeah, reason yeah, it was I felt 24 like, I felt like there was more and it was because they do is it two a month or No, it was one a day so that each one was brought up once a month. Once a month. You're right. You're right. That's exactly what it was. That, that's how he got to that number was that every day at their pre-shift meeting, they would discuss one of their tenants. Yep. Yep. And it would come back up once a month. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was like, there's a number. I was like, I remember there was a number that there was a reason that it was that number. Yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. Bastard. All right, man. Well, I think that's all we got. I think, I mean, that's all the ahas I got. Are that's you? All, yeah, that's all the ones I got. All right, good. So rambled a little bit there, kind of carried on. A little yeah, it further. doesn't matter. Nobody's listening anymore. Pretty much par for the course. If they, if they're still here to the end, congratulations. Say, it's like almost two, almost two full hours. Yeah, so com comment made it to the end because uh, congratulations. Appreciate yeah. that. You are stupid um or very very bored so offer up some books for us i'd love to hear the two people listening what uh books they would recommend yeah no so we plan on doing this actually like once a month yeah so uh, we, we have been meeting well like this is the first time it's been a little while since we oh, set yeah. this back up again um we both covid kicked both of our asses and it was just kind of one of those like, oh, let's we, be honest it was before that too yeah we had it'd been a while Shh, no, just COVID. oh yeah it's sorry just, just sorry <laughs> i forgot we we're supposed to lie um no, because I, I remember I remember when we first started it, we had Shane with us too, and we yeah. were cranking out like one a week. Yeah. And yeah, we were going to like two, three books a, a yep. month. Yeah. Then I started my business and then I was like, all right, boys, I'm out. I just can't do it enough. And then everybody got busy. Life got busy. I think Shane had a kid, all yeah. this other stuff. So then we started doing one a month, then we did that for a while, and then we just kind of fell off to where yeah. we just didn't do anything. 
Um, but absolutely. I think some good books. <laughs> Have we decided on what we're reading next? Uh, no, we haven't discussed it yet. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if, if listeners, yeah, if anybody, there, if yeah, there's like, anybody I mean, out there that you want to give us a comment, comment on, uh, you can always message us on Facebook, uh, or Instagram is probably the only two that I actually, we actually kind of like do or follow. Yeah, or I don't, I don't check. Tweet, I don't tweet on the twat. Yeah. What? I'm scared. What? Huh? I don't, I don't tweet. I don't do the tweet nonsense. Please don't. I'm sorry. What now? <laughs> so, uh, we are, um, I don't know what book we're going to read just yet next, but that we plan on doing these once a month. Um, and we're going to post them on here. People are either going to listen or they're not. It doesn't really matter. We still, I still enjoy doing this. Um, so screw you. Uh, we don't have sponsors and this is a hobby. We said what we want. So, um, that's it for now. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll take on the next one. And Nash, did Appreciate you want to give us a 30 second commercial? No. Okay. No, damn it. All right. So yeah, thanks for coming, man. Uh, we'll do it again. And uh, this may all sound garbage, like garbage, because we're in the same room and we have to do it different next time. But uh, it's the first time I've had someone in the, in the actual studio here. I, I in my bedroom. the studio. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the magic Laundry happens. right there on the bed. It's nice. Um. But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get this done, and then um, we will. Do, these are all just going to be bonus episodes anyway. Cool. So I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Or thanks for being here. And uh, if you liked it, uh, for those that are listening, again, we're looking for books to read. Really appreciate that. That if you do pick up Excellence Wins by Horst Schulz, great read, super quick, very very fast read. Let us know how what you thought. Um, if you have any different ahas or different points that really stuck out to you, uh, reach out to us and let us know. All right, man. Uh, with that, I think we're good to go. That's it. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. See ya. All right. End it. Drop it. Send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.